Welcome to today's County Row Bobblecast. What a fantastic intro snippet from a song. And we owe a huge thank you to Zecho, who are a London pop band, especially relevant who just played in the country's capital. If you haven't checked them out, make sure you do. They are on Twitter, at Deco Bands UK, and most of the major streaming networks. He's done some excellent mashups lately, fusing um, ages all ages of songs, um, they are interesting. This one was obviously the Arctic Monkeys kind of fused back with the 80s. And they also got some really well self-written songs there as well. We'll play the full song at the end. So make sure that you do stay tuned and listen to it when the podcasts finish and then go away and check them out as well. Today, it's myself, which I'm joined by two debutants for the uh, the bobble cast. Uh, it's always a first because we do like to go out and, and get other people and, and fresh views and opinions as much as we can. Um, but more often than not, we, you know, we're just blowing off some steam with the same old faces. So uh, it should be interesting today. Uh, we've got a fellow um, bobbler uh, from our supporters group, Matty Snape. Um, and also we're joined by uh, someone that many people will know anyway, uh, Blue Wise on Twitter, Matthew Barry. Um, obviously, Matthew does a bit of writing as well for Love Everton Forum. So I'm sure you've seen his articles floating around. Um, if you haven't, then check them out. They are always good. One of our great writers like Chico and the likes who write some really good stuff. Uh, so check it out. So welcome, lads. It's uh, Sadly, it's not uh, off the back of a win, but, you know, these things happen. Um, at, so I, I think it's it, it's fair, fair enough to say uh, what we, we an immediate reaction there. Um, I'll start with you, Matt. Uh, I'll start with Matt Barry because uh, there's two Matts. Matty Snape will just get called Snapey for the verses of this. But uh, what was your reaction there, Matt, uh, from yesterday? Was it, were you, you know, did you learn something totally different? Was, was it what you were expecting? Um, I, th- I think when the, when the team sheets came out and, and the, uh, the confirmation of, of the Corey's injury um, was apparent, then you thought to yourself, right, how, how are we going to be effective uh, in midfield? No Tom Davis either, he was on the bench. So, um, and you look at Chelsea's start in midfield and you look at their bench and you know straight away you know it's a bit of an uphill task um and you're just depending on on you know the tactical master mastery of, of Carlo um being able to navigate us through through another game um you know disappointing obviously not not to get a win but when you put into context what we were playing against you know the the, ro- the ability to rotate that Chelsea have is, is probably second only to, to City and you know, when you look at the players that they had on the bench and they were able to bring on, you know, the, the, the drop-off is, you know, the, 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 there isn't a drop-off really. And, you know, and you look at what the options that we had on the bench and, you know, I, I think it was a bit of a free hit if you if you want to take a, a pragmatic view of it. Um, you know, we, we move on. That That's probably our, our hardest, our, what was probably our hardest remaining fixture um, toward, you know, between now and the end of the season. So it's out of the way. And um, and you know now we've got to concentrate on on our home games and and turning those into wins. Yeah, it's a, cheers, Albert. It's it's always interesting because you hear the, the word the free it on Twitter and it, it sends some into overdrive saying we should be take you know toe to toe with every team. And but I think that you know 
Carlo is very practical. He's he's a bit of a realist, you know. I think his, his post match conference certainly reflected uh, certainly what you've just kind of summarised well there uh, that you, that it was a hard game. He was more than aware of that uh, that fact, uh, and I think you've alluded to some of the injuries. Snape, was were you very much of the same thinking, or, or did you think that maybe we could we could have maybe played the game a bit different than we did? I was I was a bit of sort of fighting between my head and my heart what I thought would happen. I thought. Realistically, I didn't. I didn't think we'd take anything from the game. I, th- I thought, thinking with my heart, I thought Carlo might just engineer another another master master stroke, as you say, and sort of just d- dig in and soak up all their pressure and maybe hit them on the break. But it it wasn't to be. But I think it was just we needed to get that game out of the way, and it it come at the wrong time for us, in the sense that you know with our depleted injuries, um, another fresh one in Decore and Hamez again, um, and obviously Chelsea. Firing on all cylinders at the moment. I don't think they had any injuries, bad luck, but as, as matches still alluded to, the, the, the players they brought in, and after making five changes from the Liverpool game, there was no drop off in quality from their squad whatsoever. And I uh, haven't seen our sort of when the team news come out, looking at that midfield there, I, I, I didn't fancy it. I thought all sort of any glimmer of hope I had sort of went out the window with that, I'm afraid. But, it's all right. Normally, it's all doom and gloom after the loss like that. But I'm still sort of fairly optimistic that we can get something. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not too unhappy. Yeah, it's it's interesting there because it, I think you hit the nail on the head. Actually, I, I you know I normally give Twitter a miss for a couple of days after the loss, um, but I think it was a lot more reflective last night. So, you know, we didn't get as much. Well, it's it can become a bit of a barren place. Kind of take Mad Max and the Thunderdome sometimes after after we've lost a game. Um, but yeah, I think a lot, you know, there was a lot of realism there um, where we are. Obviously, we still took three points from Chelsea as well, so we mustn't forget that. You know, it's we, we've we've shared our, our, our kind of fortune with them this season. But, but Thomas Tuchel, um, as a manager, as a possession-based manager, you know, we, we always kind of knew that, that we were going to be limited to a, a smaller percentage of possession. Certainly, you know, anyone that's watched us this season should know that we were always going to play on the break. Um, we weren't really going to try and match Chelsea possession-wise. Um, and that, that kind of lack of energy just bit us a little bit, didn't it? You know, not having yeah. that kind of Takure, the legs there, you know, like you say, Richardson has, has done some really special stuff in the, in, the, in this run of games. And, and again, it may be just a fixture too far for him. You know, he did look a bit leggy there. I know they're back four have been particularly good. Christensen, I thought, was excellent. Um, yeah, the great game, Christensen. He's a great player. I, I mean, there was that run of play, wasn't it, where you thought, is he in here, where he got a bit of a run, didn't he? And, and Christensen stood him up quite well and, you know, didn't really commit too fast to him. because uh, he, he didn't really have to do anything, Christensen, did he? Rich Allison just sort of ran it into him. And then as the ball broke out to the, to the width, he just sort of gave up on it, which was a little bit annoying for me. I mean, I only saw it once. I don't think they showed show the replay, replay back of it, but... Just off first glance, I thought that was a little bit disappointing again. Yeah, but it's one of them, and they, they, yeah, we didn't get near them really. No, the, the I, thing. Sorry, Dave. Go on, Matt. It's the, the the thing for us in in sort of games like that where you know there there is there there is a, a big gap in quality is that it, it comes down to moments for us in in games like that, and you know that one effort from Richarlison. You you know if you think if, if he would have would have went across Mendy. Then you know perhaps we we he would have you know made made a better fist of it, but he decided to go to near post and and it, it, it skewed off wide. But 
you know, we we probably get one or two chances in a game like that, and it just didn't fall for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's <clears throat> them, them them games can be you know it's a fine differences. But you look, I mean, you look at the, the table now. Um, we're there or thereabouts, you know. I think well, I've looked into five many blues to to have not took this position where we are now, and certainly you know the winner Anfield and some of the other moments that we've had to show that we can, you know, match some of these teams. Um, we're, you know, we're reasonably where we are. And like you say, the home form, which has been a bit of a stickler for us, um, we, we've just got to up it. And if we do, then, you know, it's, it's still very much possible. I think even Simon Jordan um, was actually quite uh, realistic, what he said before. I don't know if you've seen uh, his clip before. And, uh, you know, yeah, that, yeah. And, uh, I, I think he talks about positives, doesn't he? And, you know, there are very much firm positives at the moment. Um I mean, is that that your view of things matter? You know, we shouldn't really read too much into to this at the moment, and and, and just you know look at the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you know, first of all, Simon Jordan spoke really well about us today. It was it was nice to hear you know somebody from from the wider media actually talk in a in a fairly positive light about about Everton. Um, it, it was nice to sort of get a little bit of an insight that. You know, he obviously speaks to people at the club, and you know he's saying that you know good good things are happening, and, and we've got good things to, to look forward to. Um, I I think that from from the positives of or taking forward from from yesterday, you know, it's one of the harder games gone out of the way. But you know, we've between the derby and and this game, you know, we've, we've taken nine points out of twelve. You know, we're we're not you know, we're not winning pretty, but you know, we're, it's it's about points accumulation at, at, at this this time of the season and. You know, if we can take another another nine points out of twelve, and then we go again, and then we go again before we know it, we'll end up you know mid to late sixties, and you know, that that that'll that'll get us Europe, I'm sure. Yeah, sometimes obviously you know we are stretched as a side, and I think it's fair to say that we are probably playing within our limitations as a team. Um, I think the injuries are a big thing. Um, obviously. One thing I wanted to mention is, is is we've never really had our first choice midfield, have we? You know, we've had like a bit of a bit of a show of it at the start of the season, but before it really got settled, it, it kind of disappeared away from us again. Um, and uh, Snapey, and, and I know that you've told me off a couple of times for being too overly critical of, of Andre Gomez on on the group chat. Um, so I'll, I'll start with you with this one. Um, you know, at the moment, uh, how are we going to strike that midfield balance? I know that. There's talk to Kure will be early April, uh, but obviously until that time, we need to to probably make a few decisions of what we're doing in there. Yeah, that, that's a big blow, that two core I miss. Um, I, I, as you know, I've been flying the, the Andre Gomez flag for a while. I think I'm one of the only ones left now. But um, it, it's frustrating because you know there's a player in there. We, we saw it, I think, obviously that first season when he was on loan, he was he was great. He was he was the player that we, we, we think he can still be, but whatever reason or well for one big reason I think is obvious his obvious injury but he's he's had enough time now to, to get back and to get back to that form that he showed but it's, it's just not happening for whatever reason but um I mean Carlo's showing a faith Carlo keeps putting him in that in, in that three there and you hear when you hear other players talking about the players who want to create things they, they always put Hammers and, and Luca in Luca Dean in the same or they put Gomez in the same bracket as Hammers and, and Dean I should say so the, I think there's people in the squad who believe in him but it's just like this. It's like he's running with I don't know a weight on his on his ankles when he when he's on the pitch. It's just not happening for him. 
Um, I, th- I think it could, but I think when you're talking about balance, I think we're two thirds of the way there. I think Carlo was alluded to, to the fact he wants to play with three in midfield going forward, and I think Alan and Ducore d- d- definitely, you know, should be in that three. It's just that third spot, and it's it's whether you know Hamez drops in and and fills that role and, and opens a spot on the right, or he stays out there and you know that opens up that third midfield, whether it's Gomez or Davis. For me, I think we just got to sort of ride it out and rotate until the end of the season. Obviously, with the with the injuries we've got now as well, but I think going forward next season, I'd like to see someone come in there, whether it's Rabio. You know, there's more links of him coming out. I, I'm a big fan of Ongisa from Fulham. Um, someone in that kind of that kind of profile. I think we've got Alan, who's you know we know what we get from Alan. He's the little terrier in the middle who who look to win the ball back and and get us moving forward and do corners up and down. He's that energy, isn't he? But we just I think the the profile that we're missing is is someone who, who wants the ball and whether he's under pressure or not. He wants to receive that ball. With, you know, with players around him and take it forward. And I just don't think Gomez. Well, I know for a fact after last season, Gomez isn't that player. You know, he's happy to do it. In front of his back four, a bit, a, a bit like Tom Davis, but to a lesser extent, I, I think Tom's come on leaps and bounds, and he's probably more so that player to take the ball under pressure and go forward. But I think going forward to where we want to be, either Gomez is going to have to find the Gomez that is in there somewhere, or we're going to have to go into the market and get someone who's going to do it properly. You look at um, you look at Kovacic last night and and how he played taking the ball off the back four. And it's just just, just, just traveling traveling the forty yards between taking the ball off his back four and sort of joining up with with Chelsea's a, a, attacking players, but he'd stop and start and he'd, he'd dictate the pace of the game. Yeah, and he'd, he'd speed it up, he'd slow it down, he'd, he'd hit diagonals, but he dictated everything. And you had you know the rest of the midfield then who were able to to get into positions and they were able to draw our players out. Um, and you know, Kovacic just literally just moved everybody around the pitch last night. Whatever, where anybody wanted to go, he put them there. He was, he was superb, and that, yeah. I, I think that's that's what we're missing. Definitely, mate. He has got the tendency, hasn't he, to try um, this this diamonds? Um, it does, you know. I, I, we 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 spoke a couple of times about actually he's really flexible as a manager. Sometimes he doesn't get the credit for it, you know. I think. Under the likes of Marco Silva, we were we were pulling our hair out at one stage. You know, four two three one every week, and, and there was there was no sign that he would, would ever change that. You know, it, Silva was the same. I think Silva actually said he doesn't like playing to he doesn't trust playing to up top. But we now got a manager that, that does seem to you know whether it's three at the back or it's a four or it's a you know four five one or four three three. You know, it's you know certainly in and out of possession, we seem to be different. And he has all of a sudden started to kind of do this flat diamond thing. Uh, I, again, you know, I think it could work. I, I don't know if he's quite got the balance there yet. I don't know if he quite knows what he he wants wants to use there. Obviously, we, it, it was what we, we, we did use against um, Southampton as well. Uh, and Andre Gomez was obviously used on the left of that that diamonds. But I think, again, Takure was a big part of that. His energy allows us yeah. you know, he... he his legs to get out wide and, and, and cover that extra space that we're going to be missing. Um, is it something that, that, that we could maybe consider? And who would you play if, if we were to play that diamonds? Or do you just think that, that we should just move on from that while Takure's out? I, I like the diamonds. I, I think Carlo, Carlo's the man to get the best out of a diamonds. If we're going to play that formation, you know, he, he has, he sort of, Manage one of the best diamonds in football history. If you look at that AC Milan team, 
Kaka, Pelo, Seidorf, was it Ambrosini? You know, he 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 managed to get four very well, not similar players, but four centre midfielders, if you like, in four very different roles of the diamonds, and it, and it worked for them. And it got the best out of Kaka, they got the best out of Pelo. So if anyone can do it for us, it, you know, Carlo's the man. But I think those four I just mentioned are very different to Tom Davis, Andre Gomez, Gilfie Sigurdsson, whoever else it might be. Um, I think. As you say, obviously we chop, he's chopping chains a lot, sort of game by game. You, you don't really know what, what formation is going to come. But I think the last few games with injuries and what have you, he's sort of favoured the diamonds, whether that's because he's trying to sort of not shoehorn in, but play play the players he's got. And Gilfie Sigurdsson's obviously played the role in that 10 when he's come on. I think Ben Hardy even had to go in one of the last couple of games and, and looked okay, well, looked better than usual, I should say. Um but certainly Gomez is a lot better in a three, whether it's that uh, the, the base three with a 10 in front or, you know, in a two with one behind him. He, he needs legs around him, Gomez, so he can do the things he, he can do further up the pitch and not, not, not have to worry so much on defending. But, yeah, if Gomez, sorry, if, if Ducore is out now for however long they're saying, then whether whether Gomez can do it in a, in a diamond with, with Tom Davis coming in or... Whether it's it's got to be Alan further forward and Davis sitting deeper, I, I don't know. I don't know. I worry, especially for games, you know, the City game coming up and and Spurs when we come up against them. I think midfield battles win games, and without Ducore and Alan obviously getting back to full fitness, you know, it's going to take something special to to win them games. I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? In respect that Davies has done that kind of sitting role. We know he's got legs because he's played in various different uh, formations for us over the years. Um, obviously, he's never looked probably as, as settled as he is now. Um, I think you naturally start to think Alan should play in that role because he, he does kind of have a bit of a presence about him, doesn't he? You know, he's got a bit of a swagger about him and you know it's kind of a bit of an enforcer look about him. Certainly now he looks... You know, I, I wouldn't want to come across him in a dark alleyway at the moment. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd definitely tip my head down. Uh, but that might be one that he might look at, you know, and I think if we strike that balance, you know, as you say, you know, that midfield's incredibly important, especially against the top teams, then that might, you know, go some way to helping us, certainly. Um, I think he talks about the, this next block of games being a season in itself, which effectively, I suppose it is. You know, we've got two Premier League games before a two-week break. Obviously, Yeri Mina, we hope, comes back within that time. We'd hope that Takure would start training, whether that's individually or, or back with the side. Um, I won't say Gabamon. Uh, Gabamon will come back when Gabamon's <laughs> uh, yeah, when, when Gabamon's ready. Uh, but you know, we we'll start. We, we, we you know we almost you've got to see it as like a mini pre-season, and then we've got that block of ten games where we've just got to go at you know, and anything's possible. And part of that will be probably to find on if we can get that midfield right. Um, because most other positions we expect to pick themselves. We know, yeah. we know for, for example, we're not incredibly strong at right back. <laughs> you know, and it, it's not, there's not much, you know, no matter how we kind of go about that, there's, there's obviously certain ways, you know, Holgate could play there, Godfrey could play there, Coleman occasionally has a bit of a resurgence, like the Derby and could play there. But we know it's not going to be ideal. You know, it's just going to be a bit of a stopgap till the end of the season. Um, so, the, you know, them, them situations kind of take care of themselves but that midfield def- definitely probably our biggest question mark at the moment still isn't it for, yeah, for us, us fans and you, know, you probably if we had 
20 different fans stacked up and we asked them to pick our midfield, everyone would probably go slightly different. Uh, you know, if the back four wouldn't be too dissimilar for, for everyone, really. Um, I, I quite like, I don't know what you lads thought, but I quite liked um, Hammers playing almost in that front two role, you know, the way he played against Liverpool with Richardson. Yeah. You know, where he, obviously we always need to think about the, the role he plays and certainly against the high-energy teams, but um, that was an interesting one, wasn't it, as well? Uh, I, I think with, with Hannes, you know, it, it, he's probably, you know, one or two people in, in the team or in the squad who, who can see the pass before he actually passes the ball. Uh, you know, especially, you know, the, the Richardson goal in, in, in the derby, you know, when, as he's bringing the ball down, you can, if you, if you slow, if you put it in slow motion, you can actually see him looking at the space and he knows exactly what's going to happen next. It's just it's delivering the ball, and it was probably only him and Sigerson who who can do that. But I I I just can't imagine the team without Carver Lewin at the moment from from an attacking point of view. I think he's so key because he's he's the out he's our ball he's the outlet he can make the ball stick. And you were talking about midfield. I I wouldn't be surprised if if for a couple of games um, during during the, the the period of of the next few coming up where. We, we actually decided to go long just to beat the press. And, you know, midfield is is just probably going to be filled with Davis, Alan and, and Gomez. I think they're the players that Carlo trusts. But I, I wouldn't be surprised from a tactical point of view, especially with Josh King now and when he came on last night and he looked he looked quick yeah. you know, and, and he looked to get behind players. That, you know, it's, it's probably a tactic that we, you know, we haven't seen since... You know, Carlo first came into, into the club in the, the Burnley and the Newcastle games, where you know we, we do decide to go long for a change, where people may, or other managers or, or players may not expect us to do that. Yeah, it's, a, it's certainly an option, isn't it? You know, we've got the, the athletic lads up there. I think he, he, he spoke today about how happy he is that he's got Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richardson, and in fact, he considers himself quite lucky. Um, you know, both of them at a young age, they're still. Mm. Up and coming footballers, you know, with plenty of development probably left in them. Um, obviously, with the age, you know, you do get a few inconsistencies. You know, you, you will get the odd couple of games where they might drift in and drift out. But, you know, the signs, signs are very much positive there. Uh, one player that, that's been of interest certainly today, um, and these kind of things always seem to happen, uh, and they're always perceived in different ways, depending on who you speak to, was, was the, uh, well, uh, you'd probably better call it a Wobie gate. Um, but obviously there, there was the, the poster he put out and I, I'm just going to get the exact wording here. Um, always an honour to get a call up for my national team. Hopefully I get to play in my preferred position. Um, what are we saying? Um, I've seen a few different viewpoints. Should we read too much into this? You know, is it... Snapey, what, what are you saying? Is it... Is it, it you know, what, what do you think he implies by that? When I first saw it, I thought, oh, we've got another divvy here, haven't we? And it, I mean, it was it was hard to look any other way from that. And it, it was one of them, wasn't it? Like, he's, I think you said it yourself, he's, he's obviously not very well advised. He doesn't strike me as the most articulate of fellas when you, you know, you see him on his Instagram or his Snapchat or, or whatever. Uh, nice lad and all that. But after sort of, me initial reaction, and we spoke about it in the group, and everyone was having, uh, you know, putting their two pence in. I sort of thought about it. And I thought, because yeah, I watched the highlights back again of the, of the Chelsea match, and I thought he, he was obviously, you know, culpable for the for the first goal, the uh, the Godfrey own goal. 
he, you know, he's not he's not followed his man, and it, you know, it's blatant. It's 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 come from him. He might have just seen that himself and thought, oh, do you know what, that's me, that's my fault. That, but his way of sort of addressing that was to to put a post up, maybe just saying, oh, by the way, you know, that's not my position. Maybe he's just you know drawing attention to that fact, and it's come across that he's you know how he's put it, you know, you, you view it as he's having a bit of a swipe at Ancelotti and and the chances are he probably is having a, a thinly veiled dig at him. But I just thought, you know, there could be another way of him, of, you know, trying to put that across and we might all have just bit his head off before he's, you know, he's even had a chance to maybe explain it. And I mean, if, you know, you know what Twitter and everything's like nowadays, as soon as, as soon as something like that happens, you've got no chance, you know, everyone's, everyone's closed the door on him before, you know, before we've even seen him in a blue shirt again, and it was only a few weeks ago. You know, we were raving about him. You know, that that Fulham, um, it was a Fulham away when he had that mazy run, and he, you know, you put in a great performance at right wing back that game. But you know, playing right wing back against a struggling Fulham side is very different to playing right wing back against Chelsea at the Bridge. You were obviously in in the pomp at the moment, so he's obviously thought that maybe you know it's not the position for me. And he's probably just used used this as a chance to say, oh, by the way, that's not my position. But you know, there's two ways of looking at it. I think, I think it probably is a, th- a thinly veiled dig, as I say. But you know, it's it's important to have that balance before we completely write him off again. What about yourself, Matt? Are you, are you similar similar viewpoints, or I think Snape's spot on. To be honest, with you. you'd like to think that you know he, he's done it a little bit tongue in cheek, um, but. Yeah, the, how the the message that he's putting across is is that you know he, he it, it does look like he's he's got a bit he's got a bit of an arse about him about you know not playing in his in his natural position. But you know what 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 is his natural position for us? You know, he, so he, I think he's yeah 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 pretty much pretty much you know he he, he he's done okay you know by by and large. But you know I, I think if you know, Ancelotti had faith in him. Playing behind the strikers or in the number ten position, we would have seen him there. And, you know, I, I think all being all things being equal, if there's if there's a take this room in the summer, I, I don't think he'd be with us next season. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset to see the back of him. To be honest, he's not set the world alight, has he? Not at all. Not at all. It, it's hard one, isn't it? I, I was listening to. I'm trying to capture as many different viewpoints as we can, and the, the, the lads. Um, that's uh, from the, the, the USA Toffee Pod, um, James and uh, Ryan were talking about it before. Um, and uh, we know we, we you know we love you, Ryan, but you, we, you know as always you you've always got a strong opinion, which is good because uh, we can use you for this one as well. Um, and <laughs> and they've they've gone down a different slightly different route. They said um, James put it's no wonder pro footballers never give interviews. And and uh, ninety uh, and, and when they do ninety nine percent become genetic platitudes. Anytime they express themselves to be remotely human, they're criticised. Ryan went on to say that Ben Goffrey and Mason Holgate gave an interview two weeks ago to Rio Ferdinand, where they expressed a similar sentiment. Obviously, it wasn't on social media, but they said uh, they want to play centre back. That's their favourite positions. And he, he went on to share an article uh, from Goal. Uh, which is an interview, I think, based on an interview of the club back just after that Fulham game, actually, where Holgate, um, sorry, Awobi discusses that he doesn't actually like to play right, right well. He, he doesn't feel comfortable playing right wing back. Uh, it's not his favourite position, but, you know, the, there's teammates around and they've made him feel slightly more comfortable. And, um, you know, he'll play where he's asked to play, albeit it's just not his favourite position. 
I do wonder sometimes, you know, was it a misguided way to say to the fans, look, lads, you know, it's just not my position. Yeah. And it's come across, you know, it's being perceived that he's having a snipe manager. When actual fact, all he's kind of doing in his own way is saying, look, and he has probably shown a bit, you know, a bit of a, you know, a human element, to, you know, whether it's tongue in cheek or not. Uh, but it's hard, isn't it? You know, it's, I suppose it, it is hard. I think is examined. Ultimately, if you if you if things aren't going well for you, you know, I think we saw before this Matt earlier on on Twitter, but quite often, you know, if things aren't going well for you on the pitch, then anything that you do gets put on the you know under that microscope, you know. And it, Fabian Delph is a prime example. You know, he, he almost totally alienated himself from the fan base, and he's he's never really recovered from it. Um, no. so, so there's the balance, isn't it? But it is a hard balance to strike sometimes. It is a hard balance, but you know, if if a will be likes playing for Everton, then he'll he'll play where the manager asks him to play. He's, after a game, he's got a conscious decision whether he wants to put a message out on social media or or he doesn't. And if if he puts it on there with you know quite a, an ambiguous you know meaning to it, where he's not clear about whether he's joking or whether he's serious, then he's caught an opinion. And if he was if if he was playing you know, really, really well, playing out of his skin, you know, regularly in the team and producing the goods, then do you know what? We probably would have skirted past it and gone, ha, you know, he's obviously having a laugh, but he's he's not playing well. He's not really contributing massively to to the team when we are winning. Never mind when, you know, when, when we're not when we're not winning. So I, I think he's you know, I think he's stuck his chin out a little bit and, and people have, have taken a few swings at him and Ultimately, he's got himself to blame for it. An interesting one as well. Speaking to, to Chico on WhatsApp, um, our, our, our Uber lines up there to Twitter, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and Chico gave quite an interesting point. He said he's actually called call, call us cards and say to him, all right then, you know, where's your favourite position? Left wing, wherever it is. You're playing there next game. Let's see what you've got. You know, you know, and just you know, motivate him that way and see if that works. You know, it's over to him then, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. we'll play there and, and it's up to you then. You know, you've got a chance to play well, and if you play well, you'll play next game as well. Uh, and actual, t- you know, actually turn it round to a positive, which which I suppose isn't totally out of the question. Um, so I thought that was a quite an interesting approach. Um, you know, I think Carlo's a bit of a, a master man manager, isn't he? You know, he, he you know he sees everyone as his family. Um, almost Godfather-esque at times, you know, it's, you know, it's very much his family and he looks after them and they respect him as, as that kind of chief figure in the family. Um, so I hope for Awobi's sake that he hasn't upset um, Don Carlo. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, I think he's one of them people, if you manage to upset him, that, you know, you probably can not be a root for you. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of shouting, and, and this is not related just to Awobi, but it does come up when people tend to, to you know, whoever happens to be like on the on the naughty step, you get cards and like just sell them, you know, get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, and I think probably about ten years ago, it was probably really easy to move players on. You know, where transfer fees weren't massive. You know, there was always a bit of a requirement out there. You know, it's a worldwide game now. There's a lot of money in it, and obviously post COVID, more than ever, you know, players don't want to buy crap. Uh, certainly, crap that are on a lot of money. And not to say that, not a lot of that. Not to say that you know that oh, well, he's crap. I don't think he is by any stretch of the imagination. You know, he's he's obviously a really talented lad. It's just I don't really work for him for whatever reason at Everton at the moment. 
but it's probably not just as simple. Sometimes isn't it the same? Well, let's just move them on the summer. You know, we, first of all, you'd require a buyer. You know, and that buyer would most probably have to pay a similar fee to what we paid for them to satisfy financial fair pay and, and its book value and whatever else. Um, so we're not going to be letting them go for, for next to nothing just to move them on. Wages, you know, again, it's motivation for him to move. He'd have to want to move. Um, you might want to do actually to play his preferred position, but equally, you know, he'll want a certain level of wages and he's on big wages, I mean, £2.6 million pounds a, a year. And I looked at, uh, at the stats on it uh, earlier on. Um, and, you know, obviously there's always complications as well. It's transfers just aren't an easy business at the moment. So, you know, is it, are we in a bit of a rock and a hard place? So maybe we're just going to kind of get the best out of them. And then if someone does come in for them, you know, then move them on. Where do you sit with that, Matt? Um, I think we're, we're lucky enough in, in the fact that he's still fairly young. You know, he's 23. So, you know, he's still got, got the best years ahead of him. You know, something like Walcott, for example, you know, where we were practically gave him away or be it 50% of his, of his wages. So, you know, with, with a world beast, he's still got scope to, to develop and, you know, become the player which we would hope he was or perhaps, you know, what, what, is, um, what, is, what his potential you know, could be. But I, I, for me, he's sort of somebody who you look at like Fulham, or something like that, where you know, he's got the opportunity to go back down south if he hasn't settled up on Merseyside. Um, you know whether it's you know, he goes on loan for a season with, with a view to a permanent deal or something like that, just to create space on in, on the wage bill, um, or, or get a bit of a fee in, or you know whether we use him as uh, as as a part exchange or as a make weight in a in a deal for for a player coming in. You know, there, there, there's 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 so much more creative accounting these days. As you mean, you know, 10 years ago, it would probably be like, how much you want for him? We want this for him, you know, and, and, and the deal's done now because of, you know, FFP and short-term cost control and, and things like that, then you need to be a little bit more creative. Um, you know, the benefit, as I say, we got is his age and, you know, there's there's still an opportunity for him to, to reach the levels, which we, we hope he would be. But, you know, then again, I think you know, there's always going to be a taker for that for that type of, of player. Um, it's just finding the right club for it. But you know, I, I do think with as you say with, with COVID, that you know the the, the loan with an obligation to buy um, is, is going to become you know far more popular over the next year or, or next next two or three windows because you know some clubs who do need players won't have. The money to you know go out and, and buy players, so they'll they'll have to look at more creative ways of getting players in. I thought it was just a bit of security as well. Um, you know, I think uh, we've used that system quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, PR being an example, you know, where we played initially and quite liked them, and then followed that up with a permanent transfer. Obviously, never send any players to Turkey on a loan because. You never end up getting balls and the contract just gets wound down. Um, I think just just talking about Fulham, um, I think on the commentary on Saturday, or Sunday, sorry, that they said the six of their starting eleven were were all loan players. They got a lot, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Your keeper's there, isn't he? Uh, Snapey. Yeah. The main Maybe man. Alfonso. Alfonso. No, I like him. Ariola. I think. <laughs> I think he's he's one that you don't really hear a lot about. But is he? Am I right in thinking he's one of them on loan? Yeah, 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 from PSG. PSG is it? I know he's he was being a PSG and Madrid, so he's he's from good pedigree. 
And every time I watched him, he, he's done he's done really well. He's a great shot stopper. He's big in his box, and I think obviously there's been plenty of, uh, of debate over our goalkeeping situation this season, which has died down a little bit now. Jordan seems to pull his finger out, but I think for me, you know, the jury's still out, and I would I would if the money's there and, and the options there, I wouldn't mind just going out for a goalkeeper. But yeah, just just to say, like I think that Ariola would be a good shout, especially if um, if Fulham go down and, and don't want to sign him permanently. He's not afraid to come for crosses either, is he? You know, yeah, he's a big corner or a free kick. He, yeah. Well, there was that one was it against Sheffield United, was it? When it was, to be fair, it was probably a stonewall penalty. He absolutely took out that fullback. Yeah. Uh, last minute of the game, I think it was, and it wasn't given. But I tell you what, he was brave to come out. He didn't half. He nearly snapped the lad in half. To be fair, John Pickford did that to somebody else. I remember as well. So he got that <laughs> on the locker as well. <laughs> you never would have guessed that, would it? Yeah. Have you heard about that? No. <laughs> I think we've obviously, you know, Olsen certainly hasn't satisfied, I don't think, to suggest that we should definitely sign him. So I think that there are, are other options out there um, for a strong number two uh, who's got potential to be a number one. Then, you know, we certainly could explore. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, yeah, I'll, take, I'd probably, I'll take a number of players off that Fulham side at the moment, looking at it. Kenny Tetty, right back especially. He was class against us. I think yeah. the other fullback, Aina, was good. Very, very good. Really well. Even Adam Ola Luckman, I'll take him back. There's a few. Uh, Andy L. Pivot's shout, uh, Kenny Tese, wasn't he? He was, he was mm. flying that flag for a while. And I agree. I think every time I've seen him, he's a big physical lad. He's very aggressive in the challenge. He was lucky, probably yeah. not against us because he hammered us down that side. So Tatler's, yeah. you know, he's a good, you know, he's, he's a good player, isn't he? He's definitely Premier League. Ready, and yeah, he's got the credentials to be a good Premier League fullback. Um, so yeah, so it's it's an interesting one, really. And sometimes it, it's that 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 striking the balance that that makes a difference with individuals. Obviously, we're asking a Wobi to play for the team. Obviously, Godfrey has done that and done it very well for us. You know, he, he's moved out of position to the left, and he, he's really done well there. And that, obviously, I, I think sometimes. That leads to individuals being criticised. Dominic Carvalho would probably be a prime example, you know, where we're not creating many chances all of a sudden. And because he's not scoring, you know, it's all of a sudden, you know, any chance that he misses becomes totally blown out of proportion. And, you know, it's he hasn't scored for next month's games and all this kind of, kind of thing. But he's not getting as anywhere near as, you know, as many chances. Um, but he's sacrificing for the team. He's working off the ball. Richardson, we've seen. When he plays on the left, he spends a lot of time having to defend as opposed to what he probably prefer to do, getting higher up the field. Uh, and that's, you know, potentially where he gets the, the headlines when he scores the goals. Last couple of games, he, you know, we, we've actually adjusted that. He, he's been in better positions to score and he has scored. So is there anyone that you think that out there that maybe we're not utilising, you know, as good as we can do? Can we get more from any, any of that current? Crop that, and maybe it's we we have to tweak the way we're playing. We tweak where they're playing on the field, or you know, would there be any considerations? Do you think it's a hard one? That I think, I think over the course of the season, so many players have played in so many different positions and, and so many different formations. It's hard to get any sort of rhythm for themselves and, and and you know for the team. So I think, and I think that'll be the case for the rest of the season until Carlo. Looks to address it um, in the summer when he you know brings in some more players um, that he, you know that he wants for the team. But I think I think in terms of anyone who's, who's suffering, I think plenty of players are suffering through their own form and and conditioning and obviously the run of games that we're on. 
Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard for every team, but I think you've seen. Um, I mean, I was I was watching. I watched the highlights back of the Spurs game, the, the first game of the season, the other day, which I still think is probably our best performance of the season. Um, and there was one bit which I'd forgotten about. It was it was a, I think it was a straight pass from must have been Ben Davis. It was in the left back position. It went across there, sort of to what he was on the halfway line. It went across and it was a straight pass. And Richardson was on onto it like a shot. And the pace he showed, he, he sort of got there before all the world ran through, took it round the keeper, and then he he put it over with his left foot. And I remember I remember watching it. This was only a couple of days ago. I was thinking we haven't seen that pace from him for a for a, a good while now. And I, I know he's been injured and he's come back and. You know, fatigue and all that, but I think there's plenty of players in in our side who aren't firing on all cylinders. For, you know, for 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 those reasons said, and I think once this season's out of the way, I think we should not write the season off because obviously it's you know it's proven to be a great season and we've we've you know banned a lot of who do that have sort of hung over us for a while. But I think next season will be the one where you know when when games are every Saturday or every weekend and we've not got games every you know forty eight hours or whatever it is. When players can recover properly and and we can you know practice the game plan over the course of five or six days as opposed to two or three days, and um, we're not we're not chopping and changing the lineup every week. You know players can get used to playing in position week in week out, playing with the players around them week week in week out. I think we'll see a bit of an upturn in form from everyone you know across across the side. Hopefully, anyway. I think that you know we talk about the, the Spurs game um, you know the early part of the season. You know, we were playing with with width, and you know that that's where yeah. the, you know Calvert Lewin scored the majority of his goals. You know the amount of the amount of crosses he got on the end of, and the amount of um, you know switch, diagonal switches, which ended up from you know, Hamez to Luca Dean across the face of the box, and, and Dom was there. So you, you're absolutely right. You know the the injury suspensions we've had, and we, we've had to switch it up. So we we never played with with a settled pattern of play. Really, we've never outside of the first seven games. We haven't really had a had a, had a settled formation either. Mm. I do I do miss them first seven games. Thinking back, like just some of the football we played, I know it was it was erratic and we were conceding, you know, half as many that we were scoring, but it was great to watch, wasn't it? The West Brom game was, was superb. Yeah, and the Brighton I remember as well. Because we actually scored more goals than we actually did in them games as well, couldn't you? If you remember back, there was just chances galore. Where... Yeah, chance after chance, wasn't it? Very different to the team you see now. And I think people, you know, maybe that might be right in remembering that as well. You know, often people say, you know, is this the style we're going to play under Carlo? Do we have to get used to this? And not that I think there's anything wrong with this style because natural facts, Snape, you play footy with me. You know, I was a bit of a dogged centre-half and, and quite like that dogged style of digging in and, you know, kicking people yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not, not that I can claim to be a football purist by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't, you know, I think there's a million different ways to play football, you know, and I'm quite happy if we'll get the points on the board in the interim that this is maybe what we play and, and we've seen the signs that eventually Carlo can set up a side to play really good football, like the Spurs game, like the, the West Brom game and the Brighton game. So it's just a case of getting more players. Maybe I think some areas we've already highlighted might be the issue. You know, the, the likes of Bernard, we're not really getting as much from him as that we probably expect. Awobi, we're not really getting as much from him as we can expect. You look at the numbers in terms of creativity, assists, uh, you know, that that kind of open play uh, creativity. You expect them wingers to, to really provide for us. They're not really, are they? You know, nowhere near the, the likes of Hamez and Gilfiar. I know that a lot of theirs comes from set pieces, but... 
they're clear improvements that we could make that, that could affect the way we play, certainly, um, maybe next season. Um, there was an interesting tweet, actually, from, from um, one of the, uh, the athletic lads, uh, Paddy, uh, put out to say, thankfully approaching the end of this ludicrous Monday, Thursday, uh, Monday, Pat, or similar schedule, only causes injuries and never need players back. It's been tough on the squad, stretched away by uh, injury, and that's brought further issues and tiredness that set us back. A better, uh, better schedule moving forward after the break. Um, so I think we may have been through the worst of it. And we're not actually sat that badly considering, are we? It's just a case of maybe getting them lads back. Oh, absolutely. And you, you compare where we are you know, to this time last season. You know, we're, we've got 11 games left and we're only three points away from our total total points from from last season so you can see the improvement um you know the, the the three games in a week has killed us you know you have a look at the bench last night and you know there were there were lads on that bench who you wouldn't get on the bench at a pre-season game normally you know so this just shows how, how how thinly spread we are um you know I think when we do go back to one game a week and we can we can manage the, the fitness levels and we can manage the recovery of, you know, of, of Alan and, and James, you know, hopefully Decore can borrow, you know, Luca Dean's uh, machine that he used to, to, to heal because he came back in, in no time. So if you can have a lend to that, that'd be brilliant. And we'll, we'll have him back uh, early April. But yeah, I, I, I think that it, it, it may play into our hands. I think a little bit now, once, once the city games out of the way, and we do go back to, to one game a week where, you know, we you can spend real good time, real good quality time on on the training pitch and, and preparing for games properly, rather than you know playing a game, having a day to recover, having a day of probably an um, analysis, and then going into into your next game and you know you're you're, you're banking on on the natural fitness of, of a lot of players just to try and get you through. And uh, you know we we have rode our luck a, a little bit over the last you know, over the last probably two months, but you know. The same, same for every team. We've just managed to find ways to win. Yeah, I totally agree, Matt. And I think it's worth bearing in mind as well. You know, we haven't had that pre-season really. You know, we've kind of been forced back into this season, and, and the fixtures have been overwhelming. And maybe sometimes we are quite overcritical. You know, we're sitting in fifth. Um, yeah, sometimes the players haven't been great individually, but yeah, some of them have been playing out of position. Um, so it's probably worth remembering sometimes um, when we've, we've got that moment of anger straight after the game, you know, and looking to hammer someone or blame someone, that maybe it, it is just the situation and maybe it's because they are doing a job for the team as opposed to being able to flourish in what they consider their best position. Um, so moving ahead now, we've, we've got, we've, I think we alluded to it earlier on, certainly you did, Matt, about, to, about the games that we've got coming up. Um, the next one being Burnley. Uh, we kind of know what we're getting off uh, old Daichi. You know, he, he, he's an honest manager with an honest side who, who certainly will make you work for it. You're not going to come out of that game without working hard. Um, and it, it, it all comes down to the quality. Uh, so, Snape, I'll, I'll probably start with you on this one. Who would be your considerations to come back into that side to to, to add that Genie Seymour uh, to do uh, to, to old Daichi out of a point? It depends who's available. It's a lot of three big five weeks, isn't it? You just you just sit. Well, for me personally, I sit around waiting for that team news to come through. And then on the hour on the dot, I'm I'm, I'm checking my phone and well, I'm hoping that I'm not going to be let down again this week. I'm hoping Davis will be 
infamous start, I think. Coleman, I think they might. Well, I've not really heard too much about Coleman, but I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be too early for him by the sounds of it. So that's probably going to be Holgate, a fullback again. And I would have him a fullback. I wouldn't have him as a in a back three. I don't think. I think. I think we should. We shouldn't worry about Burnley coming at us. We should. We should just go with them. I think we. We can't be doing this. You know, defender from the six yard box against against Burnley and 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 playing as deep as we have been. We need to be a little bit more. You know the Everton from we were just talking about then then the Everton from the start of the season. Hopefully, Hammers is issuing for me if he's fit. Get him on, get him in the ten. Um, as, as much as he was, you know, class on the right at the start of the season. I think when he's played off the right, I think obviously whoever's playing full back suffers a little bit because he just does drift in. And I think because there's so much space there, it, from what I've watched, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin sort of drifts out to that right hand side to try and to try and dominate the fullback and then it just leaves a big space up front so we're all a bit lopsided but I think if he comes in if he's in the 10 or the free roll or whatever he'll be the one to sort of pick the lock and you know get get our front two in behind that cumbersome defence which they've got I think we need to to play them at a game that doesn't suit them and that's they'll we know they'll play 4-4-2 you know Sunday the dinosaur hasn't hasn't changed his ways for about six years as he saw it before 4-4-2 it'll be that little rap boy Westwood in the middle and Probably Jack Hawk. So I think we should we should probably overcrowd that. Get get three across the middle, get hold of the ball, get it forward, get hammers on the ball and and you know, just put a put a bag full past them. We we say week by week we need to sort this goal difference out. Well, it's even more so now after M2 last night. So, you know, if looking at our fixtures, Burnley, Palace, Brighton, if, if there's gonna be any games, you know, where we put where we need to put some goals in the net, it's these next three. And hopefully with Hammers return and we'll see um and obviously with Charles and Fyron, I should say, you know, we should see a few more in the net. Is that similar to yourself as well, Matt? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, with, with Burnley, you know, the, their full-backs aren't going to push up. So there, there will be space in, in between the lines. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be averse to seeing, you know, a, a proper 4-3-3 with Richarlison, Josh King and, um, and, and Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, um, but, but but again, you know, we, we may look at the diamond and play Davis at, at the base with Alan, uh, sorry, with Alan and, and Gomez either side, and, and Hammers just find if he's fit. Um, then Carlos said that Coleman should be back for Saturday. Um, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, which 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 should be good because I think I think you're right. Is the type of game where you know he can have have, have a real effect because I think I'll get needs a rest, than me. Yeah, I think so. I, I think you're right. Um, you know, with um, you know. Dwight, depending where Dwight McNeil plays, yeah, um, for Burnley, and then whether he plays off the right or off the left, then if he's you know, if he's playing off the right, you think that you know, Dean will be able to take care of him. If he, he's playing off the left, then you know perhaps Coleman or Holgate would need a little bit of help. But you know if he's he's still going to leave space behind, and you know, you're absolutely right about their back four. You know they are quite rigid, they are quite you know, stiff defenders. I think if, if if you like, and if you can get in behind them, I think we could cause real, real damage. I think the one that Zaitch uh, will be gutted about, uh, and I've got to say, I do actually quite like Sean Zaitch in a weird kind of way. I would never want him as our manager, but from, from afar, similar to Owen Parks, who's his biggest fan, I do, do look on and just master in, in the fact that he somehow overproduces every single time and manages to stifle teams and, and, and keep Burnley up with limited resources, you know, time after time. You don't have to take it out often, yeah. 
yeah, oh, definitely. You know, he's you know he's not soft at all. He, he knows his football, um, and he knows how to, to make it hard for teams as well. Uh, he's it is a good honest team. You know, he, he puts out there. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, the one that probably he was really gutted about was that was Carvalho wins goal last time because it, it was a six yard box happened. You know, and, and pretty much that six yard box belongs to Ben May, doesn't it? You know, he, yeah. Almost anything that comes in there, normally he deals with it. You know, if any goals he would have probably expected to concede or something that's deflected in from the edge of the box and that kind of stuff. But, you know, likes to set pieces and, and tap-ins from the six-yard box. He, he's, you know, he probably would have drove mad that. Um, so I've got this 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 image that, you know, that, that he'll come back, you know, again, looking looking at that and, and, and he'll try and make it hard for us again. So we may have to think of a, a different way to attack. If you look at Arsenal's goal on the weekend, that which you look, you know, Aubameyang came in off the wing and he got down the sides of them. You know, so they they are they are gettable. You know, if you if you you get down the sides of them, you don't have to, you know, put crosses through the box or your boxes uh, crosses along the six yard box. You can get down the sides of them and turn them. You know that that'll give us. You know, I think that we could have real joy in that. Yeah, as you said, Matt. I think this has got to be the game that King starts. For me, I hope so. You know, so. he's been there long enough now. We saw that you know, yeah. he flashed his midriff, didn't he, to all the, to all the boys. His abs are back. He's obviously lost a bit of weight. He looks pacey. He looks quick, and he's probably one of the only people in our team that I can think of who, who just knock around a man and, and beat him for pace. You know, yeah. Charleston is, is one you probably think can do that, but he always likes to come in on his right, and it's, you know, it's not quite been working for him recently. Bernard, you know, he's he's not going to go to byline and cross it in. Dean, obviously, he likes to you know whip it in, but. He's not got the pace to get there, has he really? He just relies on you know, a nice first touch and, and whipping it in. But with King, he's got he's got real pace there. And I think we against the Burnley side, we need to we need to use that. He's he's a big lad as well. I I I forget which defender it was last night, but he but he had the ball. The ball came to him and he, he knocked the defender off him. He you know, held him back and he sort of pushed him away and he created himself some space and he managed to get around him. Yeah, I remember that. I can't think of it was either. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it was it was not long after he came on, but he looked really, really physically. He looked up for the game, and he looked he looked fit. Yeah, so you yeah, know, and we we know he's quick. He's he's Christ. He's tortured us. The season has gone by. I, I, you're quite right there. I, mean, I always got that memory of him cutting inside, and Coleman was just like lost, and you know he struck yeah. that one from the edge of the box. And I think that that's the kind of goal that we need against these. You know, we need someone to to just have a go and, and be able to take that shot on. Bar Hamez's goal against West Brom, you know, we, we we haven't really, I don't think, scored any screamers. I'm a big believer that, you know, that I like people taking a shot on if, it, if it's there. Not like Ross Barkley, where he throws heads every time he hits it. <laughs> Sometimes they're ones, you know, them kinds of Lampard, Stephen Gerrard's, you know, on-target shots that flick it, you know, off someone and go in. You know, they, they work, you know, and I think we should take more chances. And, you know, King might be one of them that, that against Burnley where they are pushing really deep. You know, he might be the one that, that takes that shot. More inclined to take that shot on. Uh, He'll be desperate for a goal as well, won't he? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think, I think we're, we're Pickford's forms obviously on the rise. You know, Pope's Pope's had a bit, you know, a bit of an uncomfortable last few games as well. So, you know, you, you start putting balls under the crossbar and you know having shots from distance with him and, and keep him and keep him busy. You know, the, the, the chances are you, know, you, you might drop one or you know you might. He might let one, you know, squirm underneath him or anything like that. He, he's, he's not going down low, is he, Pope? Just he's great in the air, but down low, he's yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll yeah. be looking at little raspers across the deck into the corners. So we're saying that the king's going to overcome the pope. 
Oh, long you've been dying to say that for, eh? Oh. Learn that one in, didn't you? <laughs> um, so, uh, it just, I'm going to go, obviously, our, our failed podcast last week, there were a few questions, and I, I want to just go through them, so I want to miss them out, because people have contributed them. Uh, Owen Lanzan has mentioned about the, the crowds not being there, and he, he's highlighted the fact there were six goals um, at uh, Gladys Street compared to 12 in front of the, the park ends. Um does it? Do you feel? You know? Do we feel that that no fans are affecting the number numbers of goals scored in Gladys Street? Um, where do you sit in the ground, Matt? Me, uh, main stand, main stand two. Main, uh, main stand. Um, Tabutio stands. Uh, so, Matt, I think uh, Snape you used to used to sit in the around around the Gladys, didn't you? Yeah, uh, back in the day. So what about what, what, being an ex Gladys lad yourself? Uh, what are you? What are you saying? Do you think it's affecting not having a crowd pulling the, the the ball in as such? Yeah, I think so. It's the old, the old sort of tale, isn't it? The Gladys sucks one in, and it, I think depending on. I mean, I don't know how how it works. Whether we sort of, which way we sort of end up shooting, whether we we try and end up shooting to the Gladys second half or what? How how we work it? But you think second half, you know, when you, when your legs are gone and and you and you're tired and the, the Gladys is rolling you forwards, it just it gets you going, doesn't it? And it, and it it does. It sucks that ball forward, whether it's whether it's into the net or not. You know, it definitely and that definitely gets you it gets the players to find another gear and and you know take that ball further forward. And I think without the, without that in the ground, you know, it, it definitely it definitely has an effect. I think if if it was you know final minutes we need a goal, and and you've got Gomez in the middle, if if that if that a uh, Gladys was roaring. You might think I'll pass this forward to get it up, to, but without it, it'd be a little five-yard pass backwards, or you know, to the side. I think I think it definitely definitely has an impact, and even the park end lads. I think I think the crowd is a big miss, and I think when we had them to two thousand fans in, and was it December time? I think they played a massive massive part in the wins over was it Chelsea and Leicester or Chelsea and Arsenal, whoever it was. I think that that was. I mean, we were quite lucky to get that because not no other club. Uh, yeah, no other clubs had that, that did the other than was it Liverpool. Um, so I think, I think towards the end of the season, if you know they're talking about getting moving the two fixtures back, the final two fixtures back to get ten thousand fans in. I think if we can benefit from that, then that will have a huge, uh, a huge part to play. Spot on, Stapy. I, I, I totally agree with that. Normally, I, I do waffle on after someone's give the point, but I won't on this occasion because I think you. You've summarised it perfectly. Um, Matt, uh, uh, anything for everyone yourself? And I think, obviously, what Steve was alluding to, obviously, fixture 37. For everyone listening that wasn't aware, they're looking to move that Wolves home game back, which means that we'll benefit from a home crowd. Uh, I, I think you know, the, the crowd plays a massive part, especially, it, I, I think, in, in, in the subconscious of, of a player, when, when you've got the, the crowd there, then they're expecting you to do something. So I, I think that the player reciprocates it where, you know, perhaps as Snape says, you know, that now Gomez had probably passed backwards or passed sideways. Whereas with a couple of minutes to go or anybody really, you know, they, they probably more inclined to put the ball in the box because the, the crowd are demanding that, that they do that. Um, I, I do, with the more goals at the park end and the Gladys, I, I, I think it's just about, more game management because we usually kick towards you know, the, the the Gladys in the second half, and I think whereas we've got in front of in, in some games this season, we just have what we hold type thing. I think, and we've been a little bit more pragmatic. But if if, if the crowd was in good, I, I think it'd be I think it'd be a lot different. It's uh, 
or is he looking forward to that next season? Uh, that's a funny one from Jeff here. Um, he said, is support never actually fun? Might sound like it's that question, but honestly, it feels as to- a torture at times. Even when we win sometimes, it feels like I've been through shit. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it made me laugh reading that one. But I, I, I think it, I'm just going to start with that one before I pass it over. But I think that when we're not at the grounds, you've just talked about being at the grounds and the thought of being at the grounds, the emotions feel involved, you know, that whole energised, you know, feel that we get from being at the game. When you're not there, it's hard to actually enjoy it because, you know, even, you know, the phones go away when you go into Goodness and you get snarled at if you start getting your phone out when the game's on and start messing around. There's no, like, iPads taking pictures or not like that at other grounds. At Goodness yeah, exactly. So when you get, you know, when when the game's on the phones away, you know what I mean? You're just absorbed in the game and you're taking it in and you haven't got Steve McManaman, you know, or any of them, you know, annoying you. You know what I mean? Because they are pests, aren't they? They are they like it. So it's a totally different experience. So I think it, it is affecting it. You know, we, we are feeling the difference. We haven't got some gobshite commentating to us, winding us up and, and telling us, you know, pushing narratives as opposed to, to actually commentating on the game. Um, obviously, we all know the, the same people we sit around, you know, that, that have, you know, questionable shouts, you know, they, <laughs> but we can put up with them because they're just one shout every now and then. But, you know, we don't have to put up with, with people like Steve McManaman having a go. Matt, what, what was the one you were actually saying the other day? Uh, one of the commentators you said was like an, um, a St- was Steve McDonald's or someone like that, I think you called him. I can't even remember who it was. <laughs> Michael Owen. He's morphing into Steve McDonald's from Carnation Street, the size of him. <laughs> Christ. He is, isn't uh, he? I, I was it, honestly, he, he, he had, that, he had that, 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 that turtleneck jumper on and he had whatever jacket he had, I don't know what it was, but he just looked like Steve McDonald. Was, every time I look at him, just, oh, weak. Absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. And he's been wearing the uh, double denim as well, isn't he? Like, um, like uh, Jim McDonald as well. So he's he's very much morphing into a McDonald's there. Maybe that, that that's the whole thing about going to Manchester. Uh, Snake, do, do you think you know? Do you think this is what it what it is? It's because we're not at the game. Do you think that that's the top and bottom of it? Or do you think there's more to it? I think I think to be honest, it, it affects you too a lot more than it affects me. As you know, I I, I moved away from Liverpool uh, many years ago now, so I don't get to go to the game as much, but it doesn't make you miss it any any less if that makes sense like everything about the game like the, the sound of it the smells of it you know the smell of the hot dogs and all that it it, it is depressing having to watch it on the telly um, and you know not being able to go even like the aways like being down south now just the odd, the odd London away that might pop up or um, you know anything in my local vicinity I'll have a look at it and, it, and it, it's great to sort of plan them days but when you've got when you're just planning you know, to, to secure your spot on the couch for, you know, for 90 minutes. Um, it, it doesn't have the same effect, but is it, uh, as that fella said, is it is it torture at the moment? It, yeah, it definitely is, but it's it's the best type of torture, isn't it? You know, we wouldn't have it any other way. We, of course, we want to be in the ground, but, you know, we're ne- we'd never not watch the Blues, um, you know, win, lose or draw. And even then, it's, it's funny, them two 1-0 wins, it's Southampton and West Brom. I remember coming away thinking, you know, I'm amazed that we got the points, but, that was such an uninspiring win, and it was it was such a weird mood I felt after it. And then you can go and you know I can't think of a result off the top of my head, but you can go and get a draw, which you you know the least deserved draw away to someone you know you wouldn't expect anything from, and you can, and you can feel on top of the world and thinking you know celebrating a win. 
And so in that sense, it is torture because it it tortures your emotions. But you know, we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? So it's like you know, the, the like the Man United game is exactly right. You know, we Man United nick a yeah. three all, and you know, it, it's like it's like we've won the game. You get that you know, the, that feeling of elation where you come back from two 0 down, three all, and you know, you've, you've nicked the point and you've nicked it in the best fashion as well. Yeah. You know, the last kick of the game and. You know, you know where everybody, all the commentary team, everybody in the studio are going to be fuming. Yeah. And you just, you just You're joy, just tonight, pure, yeah. pure, pure joy. And you're absolutely right. You know, Southampton and West Brom and uninspiring wins. But as we talked about earlier, you know, it's just it's just points accumulation. And yeah, that's it. it, it you know, for, for, for me, I, it's not fun. But you just, <laughs> you, 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 love, you, you love it. And that's what it is. You know, it's, it's part of your life. You've got it. Your work, your family, and, and and you've got Everton, and and that that's it for me. You know, I work, I work, and when I don't go to work, I, I go to football, and you know, go to the family, and, and and that's it. It's it's a vocation. It's it's, it's your life. That's the same for me, mate. The forty, the, the ninety minutes a week or three times a week now yeah. is the only time I'm allowed to book off yeah. from the kids' yeah. schedules because you you know yeah. this is knows Everton, you know, to get watched. Yeah. I mean, for 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 me, you know, it's it's, it's the release for me. You work all week. And then you get in the car and you drive 400 and 425 miles round trip for me. But that's that's that that's my release. That's that's my pressure valve. You know, and I, I go into my bubble outside of, of the family life. You know, that that's that's my getaway from everything and become so encapsulated in it. And you're right, the, the sounds, the smell, the, the people you sit by, you know, you you've you've got you've got a service station that you'll stop to you you'll you'll go to every time because yeah. that's the one well, with the Starbucks in it. That's the one with the Starbucks in it. That's the one with the Burger King in it, and that, you know, that, that that's where you'll go. And you know, you got your place you go to before before the game. You get there hour and a half early, so you can you can have a beer or you can you, you go to the shops, things like that. But that that's that's what becomes it's habitual. Yeah. And you know that for for people like me, that that's my escape from from real life. You know, it, it, you you morph into bloody Stephen Thorne, but you, you you go into you know this this is. This, this is the only probably time that you you, you ever get. And I, you know, I, I take I take my lad when he's fifteen, but you know, it's, it's the only time that you, that you get outside of what your normal environment is, and you become yeah. so so engrossed with it, and it means so much to you that yeah, you, you sort of you you've gone you've gone past the fun bit, whereas it's just an extension of your life. It's great up until kickoff, isn't it? Everything up until kickoff is is fantastic, and then it's it's, yeah. the, it's, it's the worst ninety minutes ever, unless it's going well. And then oh, obviously, yeah. once the final whistle goes, able to win, then the fun starts again, yeah. and it's great again, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, my, my my wife, she, my wife's got no interest in football. She hates football, <laughs> and you know, when 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 we win, you know, you you know that everything the rest of the week's going to be great. The rest of the weekend's going to be great. When when we lose, you know, she she's just like probably most you know, most wives and girlfriends of. Of Evertonians, you know, you, you you go into, you know, right, okay, you go into crisis management mode now. You know, I've got to make sure I don't upset him. I've got to make sure I don't say the right thing. I've got to make sure that you don't say, well, it's just the game, love, because you know all fucking hell's going to break loose if you say that. Yeah, man, just stays clear for me whenever some lose. You're spot on. You know, I couldn't articulate it any better than the, you know both both of you have said there. It's it's who we are. You know, it's it's a community. It's not just go in the match you know it's about more than that you know it's the it's the build-up it's the, the week before it's the 
you know, listening to Carlo's press conference, you know, it's traveling to down to the ground, like you say, it's the smells at the ground, it's listen, it's it's someone shouting out that you know about the programs, it's being in the ground and seeing, you know, the fella that you've seen for, for 10 years, but you actually don't know his name, but you know who he is, you know, you, you know how he reacts and what he thinks about the game, you know. It's like Snoopy said though, that when the team drops, you just look at it and you think, oh, fuck, it's going to be a long drive home miss. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the highs and the lows, isn't it? You know, we're not getting them yeah, highs and lows. I don't think we get more lows than we are highs because we can't really celebrate the highs. I normally throw Lee Mitch, who, who's obviously on the podcast a lot. He sits next to me and Mitch normally gets longer about three rows down when, when we score. <laughs> so I, I don't get to fling Mitch anymore. You know, it's, it's you know, but it, we're not getting them highs. We're getting... You know, we're still getting the lows because we lose games, but we're not getting them them moments. Uh, you know, them, and even sometimes the lows. You go to the pub after it, and you, you can blow. You know, you blow it off your chest by talking to people, and 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 you know, maybe sharing that social occasion, and we're not getting it. So maybe, maybe that 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 maybe answers the question somewhere around about. You know, I think we've got we've gone far and beyond into we've that. Covered all bases there, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so I'll, I'm conscious that we are pushing on the town. I feel like I can speak to Snapey and Matt for the next two hours again. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll be, I'm sure Snapey and I'm sure Matt will be on, on, on future bubble casts. I think it goes without saying, you know, being I'm sure you'll agree, excellent uh, guests today on, on, on the, uh, the bubble cast. Um, so a huge thank you for, for, for everyone as always. We're always thankful if anyone listens. Um, obviously they do from various different countries and, you know, we're always thankful of that. You know, it's it's something that, that we're really proud of to share, you know, our views of Everton with you because uh, we're just fans like you. And it's important that we all talk about things and share our joy, share our lows and share our highs. Um, so we're going to go out um, to what we came into, but the full song, uh, which is, is Deco, with a bit of an 80s mash. And on to Burnley we go, and hopefully an, another three points. In fact, not hopefully, I'm sure definitely. another three points. Definitely. definitely.